and welcome to this week's episode of Not This, the podcast that seeks to deconstruct fear-based belief patterns and systems with curiosity and love. I'm your host, Tina Marie Olson, and this week's episode is called Flipping the Paradigm. I have to say, as a poli-sci major and having a master's in poli-sci, the word paradigm has just always been a favorite. I can't help but see the world through the lens of lenses. <laughs> it might sound crazy, but I think this is a part of my gift. I think this is a part of the reason why I feel compelled to share my voice. Is that I see things, I notice things, I observe things, and can provide a commentary around the ways in which we can deconstruct these things that are so much in us that we don't even realize that they're a lens, a paradigm, or a choice. But of course, what we're all here for is freedom. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode, and I am sending you so much love. Hello, welcome back. I am so over the moon, over the sun, all of the things. Happy to be with you today. The energy is really intense right now. And when I say the energy, this is cosmic energy. Like literally, Mercury went in retrograde this week. Mars is in retrograde. The moon is a new moon with super intense clearing out dark night of the soul energy. There's a cosmic purge going on, and also we're seeing that play out politically. Apparently, I'm going to talk about politics today. Alrighty then. So Spirit made it abundantly clear to me as I was literally like plugging in the charger to my computer and plugging in the microphone that this is their podcast today, and I'm just here for it. (laughs) I am just the mouth that moves. And Spirit is going to decide to tell me what the heck to say. So I'm all about it. And I started off by talking about how intense the energy is because I've been getting messages from people being like, what up? What is happening? And I tend to experience these things on the front end, if not sooner than the front end of like the cosmic predictions. And that makes complete sense to my soul because I'm here to be somebody that translates the energy and tells the others. So it's, (laughs) I'm seeing myself like an energetic Paul Revere. I don't even know. Like I get the message and then it's my job to go share it, right? So this episode is called Flipping the Paradigm. Oh, by the way, This episode is going to be a total menagerie. It's going to be a kid in a candy store who does not give any fucks that the chocolate-covered gummy bears are mixed with the sour worms, are mixed with a few select flavors of Jelly Bellies, are mixed with some sort of delightful chocolate crunchy thing. I'm trying to even think what I would have liked as a kid because now it's like dark chocolate coconut haystack, (laughs) but that was not. That would not have been my kid choice. It would have been some like mint malt ball or something. Um, Anyway, the point of all of it is 
this is going to go all over the place. So buckle up your seatbelt, put your arms in the air, enjoy the ride. This is me talking to your brain right now. You do not understand, need to understand. I don't need to understand. Nobody needs to understand. We don't need to intellectualize. We don't need to logic our way through this. And as a matter of fact, that's also the perfect introduction because flipping the paradigm was all about, inspired from, I should say, me being on a bike trainer for the first time today. A bike trainer is this fabulous device that turns your regular road bike into a stationary bike. What? Yes. Wait, you mean to tell me that I could take my regular road bike that's in the garage, it's just been sitting there, I could maybe have a tune-up, get some new tires on it or whatever you need. That's what I had to do. I I literally had not gotten on my road bike since, I don't know, maybe 2012, 2013, somewhere around there. Um, so yeah, it required a bit of a tune-up, but I paid 500 bucks for this entry-level quote-unquote smart trainer. So it can be connected to apps and I can ride in really cool places and I can ride with my friends. And you don't have to go buy a Peloton. No offense to Pelotons. I'm sure they're fabulous. But like, holy cow, there's always another way. There's always another way. This reminds me of the episode that Kelsey and I recorded for her find the Find Your Awesome podcast about her social media retirement. It reminds me of the fact that I never considered myself to be a cook of any sort or somebody who even enjoyed cooking, but I've always been a baker <laughs> and I love baking. And there's this thing out there that says you're either a cook or a baker. You're not both. Well, first of all, I'll call bullshit on that. My dear friend, Heather, who I've been close with since kindergarten, is an amazing baker and chef uh, and and foodie spectacular. I don't even know. (laughs) No, I didn't make that up. So COVID taught me that I could have really fun time cooking. I could blast tunes if I want, if I was going to be chopping veggies for a while. I could even learn to do it plant-based because if you're going to learn to do it anyway, why not learn to do it the healthiest way possible? That I have complete decision-making power over all of my ingredients, unlike when I'm in a restaurant. Holy moly, new worlds just open up, right? So this brings me to uh, a conversation I had with somebody who I saw the other day for the first time in a while. I said, how are you? She said, like everybody else in 2020, shitty. I mean, is anybody happy right now? And right, wrong, or indifferent, I still have a hard time just like coming back with, well, yeah, I am really happy right now. Because I don't want to sound discompassionate. I have immense amount of compassion for that level of suffering I've been there. I visit there on occasion. It isn't fun. It sucks. And because this is a podcast and it's just me sitting here talking, I can tell you my 100% complete honest answer. Yes, there are people thriving in 2020. How is that possible? 
Whew. Well, it's called the path, the journey, the commitment to align with our soul's perspective that everything is truly happening for us. And that's not meant to bypass the suffering in the moment or the pain. I should call it the pain because as Buddhism teaches us, pain is a part of life, but suffering is optional. Suffering is the extra shit that the restaurants throw into what could be a perfectly great dish, but they think they need all the butter and all the salt and all the things to make it delicious. When then you make it at home, it tastes even cleaner and more delicious. And you're like, oh, I actually didn't need all that extra, right? So I have plenty of episodes for you to listen to if you are in that place that you need empathy, compassion, and healing, and you want to find the path to that, you want to open up to trying EMDR therapy or trying energy healing or trying human design and seeing what little things can click back into place or or even like just getting that positive validation that so much of what you're doing right now is perfect. So I kind of tripped and fell over my puppy paws this week. Uh, the energy was hard. I, I don't know. I got all tangled up in myself. And when that happens, a lot of times my answer is, well, I need to do more energy healing. I need to do more clearing. And the loud and clear message that I got yesterday as I was unsuccessfully trying to do energy clearing (laughs) was spirit said, I literally pulled a card from Cassidy Kane's Twin Flame deck, which is an app. And Cassidy has been on the podcast. You can listen to her. She's, She's truly an angel and a unicorn and all the wonderful magic cosmic things in a human suit that still looks really angelic and, and cosmically amazing. And the card said, take a break. Whew. I cannot tell you how much I needed that message. And the word self-care has become so... basic. It's become like pumpkin spice latte basic. By the way, can I just tell you that it blew my mind when I learned uh, I was watching a movie. What's it called? Love Guaranteed. It's a new movie out, I think, in the last five weeks or so. It's a rom-com with, um, oh, I I can't tell you who it's with. Let me, don't let me, Damon Wayans. Um, and she, he like totally starts harassing her about her order of pumpkin spice latte and how it's just these spices. I don't know what he said gave me the epiphany because I'm not a coffee drinker. 
I had no idea that pumpkin spice latte like had nothing to do with pumpkin. It had to do with like the fall spices. And I get it. I have a container of pumpkin spice in my spice cabinet that's like the blend of the nutmeg and the cinnamon and whatever the heck it is, right? But that was just like such an epiphany for me that I still don't understand. Like, why is the word pumpkin even involved? Okay, (laughs) so back on track. You're welcome. (laughs) And if you're answering me, even better. Like, I'll take, you can email me if you're super passionate about this. Like, you know, let's play. So what the heck was I talking about? Oh, how basic self-care has become, how pumpkin spice latte self-care has become. Well, okay, why do things have to become big buzzwords? Like, do we do we eye roll and shoulder shrug it off because it's become basic? Or do we like investigate? I mean, obviously, you know where my answer is going to go with this. Or do we curiously investigate? Like, what the fuck happened to make caring for ourselves have to become like an entire buzzword, an entire industry, something that like coaches and personal growth people and all that are talking about constantly. We sold ourselves so thoroughly to this modern age survival story of the fear-based ego. And this is not a critique of any human gauge, any human being who's engaged in these thoughts or this behavior, because I think most people have. Definitely not all, because we there are always there are always some who see things for what they are. But a large majority, I can pretty sure say yes. And here's what it looks like. I'm going to go to a job. This is obviously after checking all the boxes to get to that job. I'm going to go to a job or a career, whatever you want to call it. And I'm going to be paid a salary to do certain things. And that salary is meant to give me some sort of a sense of security. And the reality is, for most people, you're an at-will employee and you're very aware of that, which means at any moment, (laughs) at the will of either party, you can be done. You can be gone. You can be fired. You can quit. And as soon as that transpires you can cash out on your labor. And as long as that doesn't transpire, as long as you are continuing to show up every day or every day that you're assigned to show up, you will get paid on a specific timeline, say every two weeks. So even though you're not in a something that's literally hourly, Or maybe you are, in which case this just plays out even more clearly. You are very aware that your labor 
is being exchanged on a one-to-one basis for some amount of pay. And that if anything threatens your ability to be in this paradigm of your labor for a certain amount of pay, that your survival is at stake. At least there's a belief, right? I can't pay my mortgage. How am I going to support the kids? I can't get food on the table. And there are a lot of professions where there's not even a salary involved. There's not even something that honors the ebbs and flows of things. And like when I was in project management, it was just known that there was going to be times where we worked our tails off and there were going to be times where we didn't have a ton to do, like a lag in between projects. And I I know consultants know this all too well. Um, But if you're internal or you're on some sort of a consulting contract or whatever, those ebbs and flows don't change your salary. And there are people like attorneys, like architects, all sorts of things that are paid for the literal hours they bill and they have to tic-tac keep track of it. So no matter which, what the particulars look like, you're in this paradigm. And the being, the soul, is like very well aware that survival could be on the line in the human's mindset and it kind of sucks your soul because there's like kind of through that mindset there's kind of no way to reach the higher levels of thinking and acceptance and trust of the universe when you're in that one-to-one relationship and I can tell you for example because of the political theory that I studied in college, when I went into getting a salary job, I was very well aware that I was at choice. I had the confidence in my skills and in my experience and in my schooling or whatever it is that brings you confidence that I could go get another job. And yet still... This week, I tripped and I fell on my face when I had a client session that was just so fucking torturous on my side that it caused me that night to pull down all my client sessions for my website. Like the offerings are just, if you go there right now, they're just not there. Now, obviously, when things are that black and white, we're on the bridge. So I've talked before quite a bit about this analogy that right now in 2020, there are a lot of people at the toll plaza feeling stuck, feeling frustrated, you're you're in traffic, and it's not how you'd want things to be, and you're feeling very victimized by all of it. And then once you get through the toll plaza, once energy starts to open up, once you start to see clearly through whatever means work for you, you get on the bridge. The bridge is bringing us to unity consciousness. 
The bridge is bringing us to an understanding that we truly all are one. And that by being pieces of a whole and yet whole in and of ourselves, we have everything we need. We are abundantly supported. And everything that happens in our life for us is helping us find a new level of alignment, a new level of even more soul. That's something I see so often when I'm working with clients is I'm in there, I'm ferreting out the energy, I'm figuring out what the beliefs were, I'm, I'm working, I'm working, working it. And the client is experiencing things and they're hopefully engaged actively in the process as well, ideally. And voila, all of a sudden, the energy frees up and moves and, and we use source energy or creator to pull it, to clear it, to move it out of the way so that it's not setting off this trigger and this trauma and this, or even just this set of like, oh my God, I'm terrified by this thing, but I just have to push through it. No, 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 no. That just means there's energy in the way that's not meant to be in your body or your being and we can move it. Fantastic. So then what do I see next? Okay, so I call in source energy then to fill in the the spot where that energy was just removed because source energy is kind of like, <laughs> I can't believe I'm making a biology analogy. I could not be like <gasps> less capable of making an accurate biology analogy. I took one biology course freshman year of high school, but here we go. To my understanding, Source energy would be the biology equivalent of stem cells. Like it's my understanding that stem cells can become whatever they're needed to become. And I would say, of course, source energy is even more limitless. Like it has literally no limits. So I call in source energy to that place and I witness it coming into the body or into the being, into that place where we just removed a cord from an old relationship that even though it wasn't causing major obvious problems, this person didn't want to engage in this relationship anymore. Uh, there was still energy entanglement because that's just how it is to be a human. We just haven't chosen to acknowledge this entire side of what it means to be a human. And then we go around suffering. It's kind of cute and really terrifying and awful at the same time. <laughs> Oh, as humans, we, you know, we fumble through the process. And so then the next thing that happens quite often, once, maybe I've done this once in a, in a client's being, but it's like, it, it took a while. It was a big energy that was taking up space. Or maybe I've had a couple different sessions with this person and they're really moving and they're really cooking and it, all of a sudden it's time and all of a sudden I see a whole bunch more of their soul energy enter into their body. What? Yes, it's true. When we feel tight and constricted physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, inherently, the amount of our soul energy that's flowing through us is constricted. 
And when we feel open, expansive, free, delighted, enjoy, sparkly, more of our true self, our soul self is coming through us. And in those times of constriction, it doesn't mean that our soul has abandoned us. Never, ever, ever does our soul abandon us. And maybe sometimes our soul takes a little bit of a step back, to put it into kind of understandable human terms, to let our human learn something. And there's no shame in that process. There's no reason to hide and feel like we can't share that. We get to live in complete joy and love. And we also get to acknowledge when things feel constricted, heavy, or hard. And the key to all of this is what's the next right step no matter what we're feeling? And I'm not saying the next right step is value neutral of what we're feeling. I'm saying there's always a next right step given the current location. So for me this week, it said, back the fuck off of your healing work, Tina. Take a break. Be human for a few days. And of course, (laughs) I needed that message so badly. And at the same time when the message landed, it had everywhere to go in me. I was in full acceptance of that message. So it actually only took about a day. Yesterday, I didn't leave the house. I ate leftovers. I watched a couple episodes of HGTV and Dancing with the Stars. And I let myself just be. I did not force myself to do anything that I didn't want to do. There were no expectations. There were no shoulds. There were no... There was nothing that made me feel like I should be doing anything other than exactly what I was doing, which was kind of next to nothing. (laughs) And it was glorious because there was no suffering involved. And there's no part of me that's scared that by giving myself permission to be in that state yesterday that I was going to like somehow go into a black hole and not get myself like not desire to do something soon. I think back to times when I didn't really understand the art of acceptance and it was like, okay, I guess I'll give myself some space, but like I might never get off the couch again. No, of course you're going to get off the couch again. The times when you stay in the couch and you're in one state kind of stuck day after day after day, it's because there's still resistance. You might be doing the thing that looks like relaxing or not putting pressure on yourself, but you haven't actually broken through the energy of feeling like you should be somewhere other than where you are. As soon as your entire self catches up to where you are, 
it's always magic every single time. The energy returns because the lesson was learned. And you don't even need to understand the lesson mentally. So part of this is like going with it and trusting that you'll know what you need to know when you need to know it. And so this gets me back to why the bike trader entered this podcast and inspired the flipping the paradigm. So I was on my bike trainer. It's day one. And what I realized is like, oh, wow, this is going to be mentally way harder for me than it is going to be physically because part of the joy of being out on a run or being on my bike outside, breathing in the fresh air, this time of year, smelling the fall leaves, crunching through them, looking at the colors on the trees, seeing a butterfly fly by, or of course, a beloved squirrel. There's so many things in nature. There's so many surprises. There's so many, it felt like magic the other day when I was riding and the leaves were falling on me as I rode through them. There's so much to love to being outside. (laughs) I don't know, that sentence didn't make sense, but you know what I mean. So mentally, I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to understand, how I'm going to connect the dots to loving being inside on this bike trainer and have it not feel the same way being on a treadmill feels to me. I really, really just don't love treadmills. So I started by trying to play some tunes and I don't run with music. I run just with the sounds of whatever's around me, AKA no headphones, no, 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 no input. And so I tried putting on music. I didn't even get through one song and I was like, this is not going to work. So I put on Kelsey's podcast. Her most recent episode was from her birthday. It was a solo episode and it was amazing. It was her storytelling. It was me learning things about her that I didn't know before that connected dots that helped me understand that much better how to help our clients. So as she was talking and I was enjoying just being in her storytelling, I realized that I'm not going to intellectually understand or connect the dots with my brain as to why being on the trainer is acceptable (laughs) or even enjoyable compared to being out on the road. That it's going to be my body that teaches me that. And in my human design, I have defined Ajna and Crown, which is basically all the head energy. And so it's proper for me to use my head energy in some ways, but me, much like most humans in Western society, have gotten conditioned to overuse our minds. And a lot of that is through the fear centers. And I think that's regardless of what your human design is. We have been pretty hardcore conditioned to logic our way around and through things. I'd say it's like the number one reason why I 
receive resistance from people, and this is a completely detached observation, because if I feel compelled to offer somebody a session or to suggest somebody uh, go to somebody who I know for a session, that is not because I need the person to go do any healing. It's because I know how much healing and expansion and conscious personal growth work has meant for my journey. My actual like day-to-day life is so appreciably different. I didn't even realize how much overwhelm is gone out of my life now until somebody mentioned being really overwhelmed the other day. And I was like, oh my God, I, I kind of can't remember the last time I was overwhelmed. And overwhelm was something that was like near and dear to my heart. I had identified with it from the time I was very little. I'm highly sensitive. Overwhelm could come really easily to me and it did for many, many, many years. And as a matter of fact, it's probably the like one of the later things to go on my journey. One of the first was probably anxiety, which I have a pretty strong opinion that anxiety is caused from dissonance between what our higher self or our soul self knows to be true about who we are and and what we're here to do, how we're here to live, what choices we're here to make, and what the human self is actually doing at the time. And... That's not to, that's not a critique. That's not saying you're doing life wrong if you have anxiety. It's simply saying, hey, you have a GPS. It's correctly calibrated. And every time you kind of betray yourself, you're going to feel worse. And some, a lot of that is like emotional, emotional betrayal. It's not being completely honest with the emotions that are present in yourself and in others, once you can see all that clearly, that anxiety just goes away on its own. And again, this is not a critique. I had to literally be walked through the process of how to bring healthy anger back online by two different people at the same time. I was working with an energy healer and a a Western trained counselor, but who was also a theta healer. And it was like the two of them that helped me start to own healthy anger again. And I see so many people, I think in our society, women are taught that crying is safe. Crying people acknowledge, crying They feel safe around you still. And anger is a big no-no. You're a bitch. You're hard to deal with. You are out of control. Look at what happens when our female politicians just try to be what would be called leaders in male eyes. And with men, it's the opposite. Anger is kind of acknowledged. It's like masculine. It's testosterone It's normal. And yet we've basically taken men's ability to cry away from them entirely. So these are the kinds of things that lead to anxiety. And these are the kinds of things that are lodged in 
I think everyone's head, regardless of what your human design is about where your head energies are and, and what's in alignment. It's like we all have this collective sickness of having the head try to take over and save us from these really uncomfortable things in our body or things that we perceive to be uncomfortable. And at the same time, as Brene Brown says, we can't selectively numb. So if we're trying to avoid discomfort in our body and what we, what our soul is telling us through our bodies is what's truly meant for us, then we also don't get the magic and the joy and the miracles and all the other things that our bodies naturally attract for us, again, through alignment. So the flipping the paradigm here was me, as I was on the bike, thinking to myself, how am I going to connect the dots to actually find a way to enjoy this experience of being on the trainer? And I was like, oh my God, my body's going to teach me. My body's going to show me why this is so important. And already for one, I got to sweat like a lot. That was fantastic. That feels really, really good. I don't know what else is coming, but there was one thing already. I, I can't produce that much sweat doing anything else in the house that I currently enjoy. I love dancing around. Um, it doesn't cause me to, to pour sweat <laughs> off my face. So that's just one like small thing that my body already has shown me. And I know there's so much more to come. But when it comes to taking a leap of faith, when it comes to following the joy, I'm not saying that you're going to completely understand it. Like I had, if someone was trying to logic with me, and let's say, I know this is a situation for a lot of people, they're having to negotiate their finances with another person in the house. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> it's very, it's quite normal. <laughs> So imagine if I said to said other person, hey, I'm going to spend 500 bucks on a bike trainer. And they were like, wait a minute. You haven't ridden your road bike since like 2012? And okay, great. So you got to tune up. You rode it a couple times. You loved riding outside. You hate treadmills. That's the closest thing that, you know, kind of the runner's equivalent, right? Why on earth do you think you're actually going to use this thing? I would not have had any sort of a reasonable explanation to give in response. The only reason I purchased this thing was because there was like this bubbly effervescence of excitement through me. And that doesn't mean that then the second I get on it, I'm going to feel bubbly effervescence of excitement. I might be like, what the fuck am I doing here? Why? What? How do I even use this thing? What? What is happening? How could I stay on here for half an hour? I gave myself a low goal today, half an hour. How could I stay on here for that long? What? I'm kind of staring at the wall. <laughs> I'm not moving. What am I doing? What am I doing? No, no. And that goes full circle back to what I was talking about with this kind of insidious survival mode 
way of thinking of this kind of one-to-one exchange that goes on with our work, then that plays out in kind of like every aspect of life. So I have this thing that made me feel sparkly, the idea of getting a bike trainer. It arrives in my house. I start using it. And that little part of us or big part of us, depending on where we are, how aware we are, how conscious we are, that's been programmed in by the way society currently works, is going to say, oh, Tina, I knew this is probably a waste of money. You don't love it. You got on your damn bike. You don't love it right away. There's all these things to fix. There's all these things to figure out. I don't know. What? Like, really, do I want to be like that short-sighted and reactionary to this part of me that just kind of like is always pitching a fit about things? (laughs) Of course not. Makes it sound easy when I say it out loud. But this shit isn't easy. This is like, this is deep observation perspective work. This is understanding what parts of you are talking and who to listen to and who to give more energy to. And not everything's meant to be energy healed. Do I need to get, do I need to go into meditation because I didn't love getting on the trainer the first 10 minutes and figure out where from some past life or ancestor or something this could have come from. No, there was no energy there. There was no trigger there. There was no big contraction there. It was just, I haven't yet learned all of the ways in which this thing's going to light me up. But the real flip of the paradigm was realizing that it's my body. It's the experience that's going to teach me that. There's no way I could go in knowing that. Because the only way to go in knowing that would be from my head. I wish you could have seen the eyebrow. Like it was a kind of a two brow scowl and then a a right eyebrow up and then a left eyebrow up. Just in case you were wondering. So another thing Kelsey said in this podcast that I was listening to was that 2020 is the amplification of everything. And it just rolled off her tongue as truth, because it is. <laughs> and it stopped me in my tracks in a way, because I was like, God, that is such the most clear, simple way to explain what's going on. You know, I like to get really verbose. She's not inclined for details. We make a great combo. But running around and being like, it's a bridge to unity consciousness, and we're, it's a the new earth, and it's the age of Aquarius. And, and people are like, all those things sound fantastic. But what I'm seeing in the outside world is total fucking chaos and hell. I don't believe you. Right. I get it. I get it. Totally fair statement. So saying everything is amplified is the absolute perfect way to put it. No matter what energy you are in, you are experiencing it's amplified. It's like we all got a magnifying glass for our own lives. And are we choosing to use that magnifying glass to put it on the TV screen of the news and sit in front of the news? Because, okay, 
instead of it being a magnifying glass that's in our hand, it's like magnifying glasses that were like surgically implanted into our eyeballs for the time being. They are just the lens. There's no taking them off. There's no, like right now, we all have the amplification eyeball upgrade. So if you're using your eyeballs and you're watching the news, holy moly, there's a lot to duck and cover from. And that's totally going to add to the survival mechanism and the need to go back to this paradigm of the one for one and how can I take care of myself and I don't know if I'm going to make it and okay so let's deep breath together on that one one more I love you you are safe more importantly source loves you you are source you are love you are safe It is safe for you to step away from the news. It is safe for you to trust that there are enough other human beings watching the news. You'll find out what you need to find out. It's safe for you to trust that even if all the human beings stopped watching the news, you would still find out what you need to find out. I won't even bother to tell you how. Because I think the ways would amaze us. And the reality that the news manufactures or amplifies on its own would have to inherently change if no one was consuming it. Because we're like in a giant prism. So the news is taking certain things, highlighting it. It hits our amplification eyeballs. And... Bada bing, bada boom, it's flying all over the place, right? So not only is watching the news really hard on your own system, but it's also amplifying because you are an amplifier. We are all amplifiers in 2020. It's also amplifying the energies that you probably really don't want. politics for a quick minute while I'm still talking about the news. We are seeing the Democratic Party be more in the muck than we've ever seen. You can go on Joe Biden's web page and purchase a fly swatter. It's just this whole parody on the fact that a fly happened to land on Pence's head during the debate. As a lifelong Democrat, it's kind of horrifying to me and exhilarating at the same time, and I'll tell you why. The horrifying part is, (laughs) newsflash, we're not as evolved as we think we are. So going back to Ken Wilber's integral theory, Barack Obama was a stage six president. Stage six is where everybody has a story. Everyone has a narrative. We can honor all of them. Trump is a stage three leader, taking our power back, but also this is where 
dictator energy comes in. My way or the highway, there's one way to see the world. The evolutionary points along the way, stage four is your traditional Republican Party. It's your right-wrong thinking. It's where a lot of churches reside. Stage five is considered modernity, that there is a kind of overarching narrative. Looking to science to kind of define that narrative is a large part of that. Okay, so what the hell is happening? Well, we are moving to more and more people getting to the critical mass of people being in stage seven, which is integrated, which is taking the benefits of all prior six stages, but healing through the shadows of them so that they're completely integrated. You're no longer transcending and repressing the prior stage, which is what happens. This is why, for example, Obama is so polarizing to so many people is because in stage six, everyone has a story except inherently not everybody's stories can matter equally, right? And so some people feel very left behind because we've repressed. We've gone, oh, right, wrong thinking. That's so... I don't know, 1950. And you just kind of like swat it off, right? Well, all the people who are still in that stage, which was a lot of people, it's where the traditional Republican Party is hanging out. It's like half the country about feels extremely like not only left behind, but they feel totally slighted, like just unheard, unseen, right? So in order to get to stage seven of integrated, we have to pull the gifts from the prior stages and we have to heal the shadows. So what the Democratic Party is doing right now is they're healing the shadow of having no boundaries. Because stage four brings boundaries. Right, wrong thinking also brings boundaries. That there are some things that we do that we agree that are right and there are some things we do that we think are wrong. And by stage six, if you've repressed that energy and everybody has a story, then how can we even have a defining like way forward? How could we have any societal boundaries? So, of course, we're seeing a rise in people being like, hey, my story matters. The fact that I am of a certain race or of a certain gender identity that I want to personally define and all that. And then other people being like, even more white supremacists. Like, it it makes complete sense under this framework, this description, this one possible way of describing this human reality that we're in and and helping us understand a little bit more of what's going on so that we don't just see it all as chaos and go duck and hide. So that's the reason it's a big exhilarating to me is to see this many people start to engage in boundary behavior. And Can I tell you something? It's like a little secret, except anybody who you've ever watched reclaim their boundaries. You've probably seen the message that it is at first, unless they're super duper duper cautious, in which case it probably takes a bit longer, but it probably can be a bit more graceful. Reclaiming boundaries tends to be kind of messy and ugly. Uh, So does reclaiming anger because it's like turning on the switch and they're like, oh my God. I've found my power. I've found my voice. I'm not going to let anybody walk all over me. And unless there's a lot of nuance and a lot of self-awareness in that, that can kind of just get like fire hosed all over everything. So 
With your amplifying eyeballs, my advice, you didn't ask me for my advice, but you're going to get it anyway. Pull out the bowl of popcorn, treat it like a movie, and by it, I mean overall society, what people's personal amplification is meaning to them and the way in which they're engaging with life. And treat it from an observer's perspective. That's the way to stay in the most love, the most compassion, the most joy is to be an observer of all this. Because as soon as we get into the mix on the survival side, we've lost all of our ability to be empathetic, compassionate, joyful, and loving. And then with your own amplification eyeballs, what's one new part of yourself you can learn from? This is something that Kelsey and I love doing in these soul sessions that we are doing. It's a combination of human design and energy healing. And people bring us like what they're stuck with or what they're working on or what they're wanting to align to or one aspect of their self they're wanting to learn more about. And we use a combination of human design and energy healing to sparkle them right back up. We're going to talk about this more next week on the podcast. So stay tuned. But Use your amplification eyeballs for the things that you're being called into alignment for, for the things that really matter to you, for the things that you're really passionate about and start with your own life. And I feel like that's such a duck now coming October after seven months of, you know, basically being in quarantine for Corona, but really we're about to start winter. This is going to be a whole new level of turning in. It's yin energy during this time of year in the Northern Hemisphere. So instead of just like dreading the time that we're going to have even more in our houses, potentially, depending on where you are climate wise, or instead of bucking the whole system and having large gatherings inside or going to restaurants inside and risking your own and, and other people's health around you and saying, well, fuck it, I'll make it through or whatever that is. Like, what a, what's the next thing your amplification eyeballs are asking you to do? Flip, flip your normal paradigm. What's something different? Where can you find even more space and even more room and even more you? I love you.